A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This is Talksport Daily. Hello, happy Friday, and yes, welcome to another Andy Goldstein Talksport Daily podcast with me, Andy Goldstein, and your final podcast of the week for obvious reasons. Yeah, if you've not worked it out, then obviously you don't know your days of the week. Anyway, we start with the Europa League quarterfinal first legs where, of course, Arsenal drew with Slavia Prague at the Emirates and Manchester United, of course, beat the mighty Granada. This was the fallout on TalkSport. Arsenal 1, Slavia Prague 1 and several questions now for Mikel Arteta. Did he pick the right team? Did he make his substitutes early enough? When you create big chances in Europe, you have to put them. And I think we merit much more than the result that we got. Uh, when we made the most difficult thing, which was to score the first goal and, and just wait for the last four or five minutes to manage the game much better than we did. I grew up watching and playing against Arsenal when they had players like Tony Adams in their team. Tony had his faults, you know, we, we know about on the field, one thing you could never doubt was what Tony Adams would give you on that field. And I look at Arsenal now and they are a shadow of, of the side that under George Graham, you know, you can go back over the original, the first decade under Arsene Wenger. I look at them now, they are banter FC. They're a football club that every other club looks at and can and can laugh at. Defensively, did they just switch off a minute before the end? I don't think they switched off. I think yeah, we made a bad decision playing the ball into an area where we got, we got trapped and from there we conceded the corner. But um, apart from that, I don't think it's the case. I, I don't get Mikel Arteta. I don't get why there's such a fuss around him. I don't get why Arsenal fans are continually backing him. Just after the goal and then at full time, there was a little altercation between a couple of the players is that the kind of response you want to see when things like that happen it almost sh- shows the passion i think isn't it if they're if they're having it out with each other on the pitch it's good that they they talk we can do it before it happening that's even better the way that he is this nouveau riche kind of coach he wants to look a little bit sharper on the sideline right wants to look a little bit like pep mm. wants to just kind of adds add a little layer of about who he is i don't know whether i like that I think he's got two choices. Either look like a manager in a tracksuit or look like a manager in a suit. If you're top of the league and you're winning multiple league titles and you're winning Champions League and you're going to Germany and picking up trophies, yeah. you, to Spain, you can get away with it. Pep can get away with what he wants to look like. You've got, you've got, your, you've got your skipper who he can't pick because he looks like he couldn't care less. Yep. He turns up, you know, I, I just feel as though what kind of... So t- should he have he different spends cl- more time at the moment, it would appear, sorting his, his attire and his wardrobe out 
then he does get in results. We've got to change something. We've got to change something. We blame the owner. We blame Wenger. We blame Arteta. For me, it's the players. It's the same players that were with Wenger. Lacazette, Bamiang, Shaka. No, it's the same old thing. They're a football club l- lurching from one result situation to another. They just lurch. They, they don't. They, there's nothing. There's no steel about them. There's no purpose about them. They shouldn't be relying on Sack. Sack has been the, from what I've seen one of, if not the, the their best player this season. Mm. They got a young kid who's who's dragging them. You look at your captain, the most the, the player's on the most money. He walks around like he couldn't care less. We've got Aubameyang who's on the bench that earning 350k a week. I play for a Sunday league team called Honeywell. Ryan Nolte gets more goals than him. Player is he? Give us a. Go on, what's he getting paid? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Bruno Fernandes with the goal. A very controversial penalty. And Manchester United lead by two goals to nil. Yes, his hand touches his face. But that's that's all it was. There was no intent. There was no real challenge. I think they've been very, very fortunate. This is why footballers go down in the box. Because if Bruno stays on his feet, he doesn't get the penalty. That's right. You've not got a problem with what he did? No, no, of course I don't. Oh, fine, no, okay. no, of course I don't. I have a problem with it whatsoever. Okay. But that's why players go down because that's the way you win a penalty. Okay. It was an um, important goal, of course, the, the, the second one there, because 1-0 uh, lead, losing three players is, uh, is not a good position to be in. I don't think we deserve those uh, five yellow cards or how many we got, four or five. But that's, that's happened. Uh, delighted with the result, of course. Seven gone, nil-nil, more streakers than shots on target up to this point on TalkSport. Now, I know what you're thinking. You disgusting bunch of... I know what you're thinking now, though. Who's the best player in the world right now? Well, it's Kevin De Bruyne, and here's Adrian Durham to tell us why. Best player in the world right now. I've got a top three, which I'm really... It's changed about four times... Mate, I could change it. ...in the last 20 minutes. The one thing that hasn't changed is my number one, though. Oh, have you got a number one, even? You've got a number one. Go on, so have you, have you got a, have you No, got you do or... your three first, because okay. I might change it. I'm going to stick with... I, I couldn't decide whether to put Neymar in or not, because he was so brilliant last night. But I checked out Mbappe's form in Liga, and it's... I know they're not top, but he is ridiculous. Of late, yeah, right now, because it wasn't a stage, certain stage of the season. We've seen his numbers this season. Yeah, since yeah. Poch has gone there, he's been all right. Uh, number three, I'm, I'm having Messi. Uh, if, you, if you're discounting him from this, I mean, maybe you should watch him a bit more. I, I think he's sensational still. Two, Mbappe. Number one is... De Bruyne, happy to wait. He steps up and he makes absolutely no mistake. I'm having Kevin De Bruyne because he's doing it at the very top level, and he's virtually 9 or 10 out of 10 every single week, Kevin mm. De Bruyne. So he's, he's got to be my best player in the world right now. And staying with KDB, or Kevin De Bruyne, as some people call him, the Belgian signed a new contract at Man City this week, meaning he's filthy rich, and of course he'll be at the Etihad until 2025, which is nearly half past eight. But he doesn't have an agent, and would you believe it, Simon Jordan, the former Crystal Palace owner, thinks that's a good thing. And he thinks that more players should negotiate their own contracts, which is bizarre because most players can't even spell their own name. At 26 years of age, I started a business that I sold for 100 million quid. So at 26 years of age, I had thousands of employees starting a business, running it, doing all the things I can do that I needed to do. So at 26 years of age, I was a man. So were they. So at 26 years of age, why do you need a mouthpiece? I'll tell you why you need him, because you haven't got to pay him. The moment the players have to pay these people, suddenly, oh, maybe I don't fancy an agent. Maybe I'm big enough to do it for myself. It wasn't difficult for me. Uh, the way that we play excites me and, you know, that's, that's the way I want to go forward. So it's not 
little difficult in the end for me. Man City want you. There's no doubt about it. So the conversation flows through. We'd really like you to so, sign. We'd really like to sign you. You've been with us for three or four years. You have a relationship with us. We have a relationship with you. We're the sort of club that supports you. And there's no issues financially. It's not one of those clubs where you have to worry about whether the club are going to be able to afford your wage demands. You know you can get what you want from this club within reason without too much difficulty. And you're very valued. So it's an easy discussion to have. They know what they want. They know what the others are getting paid. It's not a secret what people do. Everybody knows everyone's business. That's why they're all covered head to foot in the same tattoos because they're all right they follow one another so here we are sat here with a player at a certain age that probably needs a bit of support you don't need a ghastly agent that gets five ten percent you might need a lawyer that can sit there and hold order your employer can be trusted they do look after your best interests and most of the time what agents do is create division not all of them some may say or chapeau, but fair play to them. Others like me might say, marginalise them, reduce them, regulate them, take the cost implications away from them, make the players pay for them, and see how much the players want agents in the first place. Now, will Dortmund's Erling Haaland join Manchester United or will he go to Chelsea or other stuff? Well, he won't be doing either. Here's the former Villa striker Gabby Agbonlahor and Jamie O'Hara to tell us more. I can't get Haaland, I'm sorry. Why not, Jimmy? Because they, 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 they're, they're not good enough. Why would he go to Man United? You've got Real Madrid, you've got Barcelona, City. you've got Man City. But does City really need Haaland? Of course they do. They paid 100 million for Pogba and he's gone there thinking they're going to go to the next level. Man United have come back and he's gone there and it hasn't worked, right? And he's he's been trophyless almost, you know? Mm, yeah. Haaland's not going to go to Manchester United and... It be we might win something, we might not. He's going somewhere where he's winning. If you're Haaland, no offence, Jamie and Al, you're not even looking at Chelsea, are you? How can you not look at Chelsea though? They've won the most trophies in England yeah, over the but, last but, twenty, I'm, you know, no last ten, Chelsea, fifteen years. He can go anywhere he wants. Real Madrid, Barcelona. I agree with Bayern you. Munich, I, I, I agree with City. you. But money talks, don't gonna, it? Yeah, I know what you mean. I just think he's going to choose them. Now, Swansea boss Steve Cooper has been speaking to TalkSport after the club announced a week-long social media boycott in a stand against online abuse and racism. Birmingham City and Rangers have also confirmed that they will be taking the same action. Cooper told Ian Abrahams why the club have made the decision. We've had three players, you know, in our first team squad in the last seven weeks that have been discriminated against racially. Um, that's where this is born from, is our own feeling on it internally. You know, that's that's first and foremost, why we're doing it. But if it can have an impact on others and they can follow, do something similar, but, you know, but is a bit different, then I think that can only be a good a good thing. But we're very proud of what we're doing. You know, we're very proud of our football club. We're very proud of the, the people that belong inside it, whatever heritage they have. And um, unfortunately, some of, some of our players have been on the wrong end of abuse and um, we're not standing for it. We want to join the bigger fight against discrimination in general. For us, it's it's football. If this gets people thinking about what else can be done, then then good. You know, I think that's that's you know really really important. And you know, we're at a time now of the season where you know it's the real business end. Everybody's fighting for something. You know, with with the league position, etc. But you know, this is a, a fight that I think we need football needs to do together. You know, we really need to stay strong. And um, if we're helping the cause with with the stance that we've taken, then you know, I think that can only be a positive thing. Now, Frank Warren has told TalkSport that the only way Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury can happen is if a site deal is found which satisfies both fighters' financial demands. So, basically, when they all phoned up last week and went, oh, yeah, it's signed, it's signed, it, nothing, it doesn't mean anything. 
Anyway, the promoter was a guest on White and Jordan and said that he can't say anything until the contracts are signed. But they were signed last week, weren't they? No, they weren't. Nothing's been signed, is it? No. The only way it's going to happen if it meets their financial demands. That's the only way the fight's going to happen. You know, they have to make a commercial decision. It's only worth what it's worth. I'm living in hope and the conversations that have gone on over the last, well, the last month or so, I'm hoping they're going to lead to some sort of announcement soon. But I keep saying that every time we speak, until we actually get it, get some signatures, it means nothing. So we're waiting for signatures and or the offer and it confirmed in writing. Well, it may not happen for the four belts if it doesn't happen now, and it may fragment, and it may be someone may vacate belts rather than, you know, get involved in, in mandatories. Who knows? I mean, this is if it's going to happen for the four belts, it's got to happen now. It's as simple as that. So I'm I'm an I'm an optimist and I'm hoping I'm hoping that's going to be the case. We just we just hope that in the next you know the next few days that we get some positive news. Now ahead of their game against Wolves tonight, Fulham boss Scott Parker or Scotty to his friends, yeah, Scott Scotty has been speaking to Talksports Ian the Moosey Abrahams. Fulham against Wolves, that's the Jamie O'Hara derby, isn't it? Hope no one's ever called it that. Anyway, Parker said that the Cottagers are desperate to win as many of the seven games they have left as possible. It's a must-win game, but last week was a must-win, Moose. Next week's going to be a must-win. We're at seven seven games to go, and every game's must-win. It's been like that for the majority of the year, of course, early on in the season when you have a lot of football matches to play. It's, you can take it off it a little bit. Do I feel if we don't win, it's, 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 it's going to be defining? No, not all. But if you're asking me, you know, in, in terms of this this game, you, you you need to win it. Yeah, we do, we definitely need to win it. We needed to beat Villa, and we need to now. We after this, we're going to need to go to the Emirates and beat Arsenal, and that's what I want us to do. Are we capable of doing it? For sure, we are. So yeah, I, I mean, I still don't think it's it's all said and done if there ain't a result because I feel like my team's capable of even with fixtures coming up, are capable of getting results in this division, and we've proven that. But yeah, it's it's a game we we want to try and get a result out of. Back now to Adrian Durham. And here he tells us why he worries about Leeds and why he thinks he'll do a Sheffield United next season. Absolutely glorious from Leeds United. Dallas outside of his foot and he pops it in the bottom corner. What do Leeds need to do to avoid doing a Sheffield United next season? Because everybody was wowing about Sheffield United. They finished higher than Leeds are likely to finish this season. Okay, they had a very, very good first season after promotion. So Leeds the same. But Sheffield United end up being bottom of the table. They are going down. They're going to be relegated. They almost certainly will finish bottom of the table. And the manager's gone as well. So how do Leeds avoid doing that? And I don't want any of this complacency about, well, it's Leeds, it's BL, so we've got terrific players, blah, blah, blah. You can't just say that. There's got to be measures put in place. We know that some of the recruitment for Sheffield United wasn't what Chris Wilder wanted, and that's probably why they ended up where they were. How do Leeds avoid that? Can you see a, a real big difference? Is there, is there anything about Leeds United that says to you they're definitely not going to bomb next season and finish bottom? That's it, it for me. Let me just tell you about some big old football matches are coming your way live and exclusive on TalkSport, all part of Game Day or Game Day Extra. 
as I've called it. In fact, no, they're all on game day. Half past 12 tomorrow, that's Saturday. You can hear live exclusive national radio commentary on Talksport of Man City against Leeds. Half past two, game day begins. That's live with Adrian Durham. All the goals as they go in. That's also on Talksport, as is exclusively live commentary at half past five of Palace against Chelsea. That's it. Thanks for listening on the Talksport app or wherever you get your podcast from. I'm back on Drive today on Talksport at 4 pm alongside my Friday husband, Darren Ben. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein Talksport Daily Podcasts out first thing Monday morning, so do what you've got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great day. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport.